Welcome yet again, our listeners, to the Horror Motel. We are delighted to have you with us. I am Allison June Smith, and I am joined by my vivacious, uh, enchanting. Look, it's a new list of verbs and adjectives every t- every week. Uh, vivacious, uh, enchanting, talented, uh, intoxicating icon, funny galore. Hi, Alison. <laughs> I've, you know, unfortunately, I lost you for about half of that, so you, you froze for me. I hope it's been recorded in the ether. But okay. but I heard the word icon, and I'm happy. Hello, I'm Bunny Galore, the queen of the cult movies. <laughs> I love it, because now you're going to hear all the things that I listed about you when the podcast airs. You're going to yeah. be like, oh, I love her. Uh, yeah. Incorrigible drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Milf. That's true. All true. All true. All true. true. (laughs) How are you, my love, this week? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Although uh, this, we've just come into March finally. Oh my goodness. Boys and girls, we got through January and February. Thank goodness. I don't think I can do another January and February in the UK. It's getting too much. But we're here in March. Spring is about to be sprung. The northern lights have been tipping their way towards us. I, I went down the park a couple of nights ago, no joke there. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I went down just the park. A late night walk in the just park. It's fine. Don't question oh, it. Oh, I miss the nineties. Um, <laughs> no, I went down to the park at the end of my street because it was it's a hill, and uh, and I thought, oh, I might be able to see the Northern Lights. Well, it looked like it was still dusk at ten o'clock at night, so you could see something. But yeah. and I put this on my Instagram. I don't know if you saw it. Weirdly, I took a photograph of Canary Wharf as well, and there must have been a car coming up the hill towards me. <laughs> I was not in the road. Don't worry, boys and girls. Uh, but the reflection of the lights did this really weird thing. So I took this photograph. It's only when I put it online later, people were going, "Oh my goodness, there's like a diamond ring in the sky." In fact, there's two. And I was like, and I zoomed in on it, and it, it looks like a, a ring, as a ring on your finger, but with a heart on it as well. Which is not, it, it's obviously the reflection of the lights, I guess, lens flare. But it's so weird that it looks like a full-on Disney heart ring uh, on this photograph. So everyone kept on telling me, "Oh." my gosh you're gonna get engaged this year i was like well if i get engaged i'm gonna buy you a pony because i'm single <laughs> uh, you know but what, I'm though? i love that you saw heart i love that you saw yeah heart. isn't it cute I, yeah. it's very cute yeah. i'll put it on the story when this episode comes out i'll put it on the again but um isn't it weird? it's so weird is it just the madness of the universe that of all things that that reflection turns into is a heart on a ring. It's really weird, isn't it? I have a lot of friends well, that I are going to get engaged before me, just saying that. Uh, um, but, uh, yes, so there we go. The universe is obviously telling me something. <laughs> uh, I think I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I don't know if I've said it on this show, but I'll tell you what. You know, marriage, it's not the end of... Look, it's not what it used to be, everyone. 50% of them end, let's be, over 50%. Mm. You want to trap someone, get a mortgage. Uh, that's what I say, everyone. <laughs> Make them sign yes. a real contract. Yes, They're that's not getting the real commitment. Weddings come and go. Mortgages are bricks and mortar. It stays forever. <laughs> it's everywhere. true. It's true. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
And back to hearts. No, listen, mm. I listened to this one podcaster. Uh, her name is Mel Robbins. She's excellent. She's a good, like a, a motivational speaker. And one activity that she challenges everyone to do that I love that this happened to you naturally is to look for hearts in your everyday life. Because what this does oh. is it trains us to look, look for things that we want to see as opposed to seeing the things that are put upon us in our lives. So often all we see is like the negative things or bad shit that happens to us. But if you are consciously training your brain to be looking, and so she says, look for hearts. If you look for hearts and shapes in things around you, you you begin to become a bit... I know. So the fact that you were like, I found a heart, because I do it all the time, and I haven't found that many hearts, and I get a little discouraged. So to hear that story, I'm like, well, look at you. You're already finding hearts. So keep that going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a lovely idea. Well, I always think you should uh, look uh, for the best in things. Uh, I try to be the glass half full at most times. Uh, I think, um, I guess. Wait a minute. Are you really British? Are you really British? That sort of talk. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think um, I'm very. I'm a. So I'm a Scorpio. Now, whether you believe in that or not, but I. I, I'm a bit like, well, as if that's going to be real. However, I do seem to fall into the category of every description you get about Scorpio. And it's very much that I'm either, I would either love something or I hate it. There's no in between, there's no uh, gray area. There's just black or white with me. So there's just, and um, most, I would say 75% of the time. 60 um you know i'm kind of love most things it's just that there is but if i hate it i absolutely hate something i you know i can't abide anywhere near me or or people but generally quite positive (laughs) but i think i get that from my mother being quite my mother was quite negative i think looking in retrospect Ah, i don't blame my parents for anything i don't get you know i don't think it's their fault but it let's face it it is uh (laughs) but I don't blame yeah. her for that particular. Yeah. But I do think she was quite. A, I think she was quite a negative person because I, I remember having this conversation with her a few times, and she would always say, "Oh, you're so positive about things." I'm like, "I have to be," because <laughs> I'm a contrary only child, Scorpio. Of course, I'm going to take the opposite opinion to you. So therefore, yeah, I'm going to be positive. Yeah. So love, yay, silver lining. <laughs> I love that you said you don't blame them, though. Uh, yeah, always silver lining. I, th- I love that you said you don't blame them. I think a lot of people, you know, one time when I graduated from uni, one time, no, I graduated from university one time only, everyone, and I graduated from uni. In, in this life, and, uh, not past life, yes. In this life, yeah, other lives. Uh, and uh, I remember when I graduated, This I had this, um, she was like a mentor, like a mentor teacher, and her mother, I had no idea what her mother was or who she was or what she did, but I, I was saying how I was kind of going through this, like, you know, when you graduate uni, you're at that, like, what are you, 24? I believe that's your first like life crisis in general. Mid-20s, you start to go, yes, I, I agree. I'm not a yeah. teenager anymore. Yes. Where do I go? Mm. Right? So I was mm-hmm. I was beginning to have that. So this woman was like, do you want to speak to my mother? And I was like, um, I, I, I have no idea why, but sure, you want me to talk to your mom? Anyway, it turns out her mom was one of these like, she's quite a, a spiritual kind of guru and she flew around all over the world and would give a lot of um meditation sessions and she 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 did a lot of this sort of stuff and so I I had this chat with her and one of the first things she said to me she was like oh so my daughter wanted me to chat with you it's so great it's nice to meet you so what's going on in your life and I was like well graduated from university and she stopped me and she goes okay well the first thing I think I want to tell you is that you need to forgive your parents whatever it is that that, you know Mm -hmm. if you can forgive them and accept them and realize that they were doing and i had not mentioned my parents i had not talked and i truly believe that is a great 
life lesson in general. Yeah, Look, we is. can harbor and be like, I'm like this because of my parents. And maybe you are. But you know what? They were probably doing the best they could at that time. So what we got to well, do is just go, it's not their fault. It's not their fault. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. agree, I agree, Alison, completely. Yeah. I, I think it's that point, And I guess that happens around that era well my father passed away when he when i was 21 so i think it happened slightly earlier that day um because it was you know it was a heart attack so oh god was, but you yeah. realize uh mummy and daddy aren't mummy and daddy they're a man and a woman that if you have a uh-huh. you know, male and female uh, parents um that are people they're not that you know they're not mummy and daddy these archetypes anymore and it's quite a i think you soon forget how seismic that is because it is quite like oh my god uh and you you start realizing you're now the adult as well which we all do as parents grow older we all become become the adults but um which is terrifying i mean this is it is terrifying, but and it's so it's funny that you brought. I wasn't even going to talk about it, but it is exactly what is happening in my life right now because my mom has just had a hip replacement surgery, so my oh, life has turned gosh. into a lot of like yes. giving my mom the pep talks and like, mm-hmm. try, and I think she's mm-hmm. sick of me. Here's my here's my advice, everyone. If you are are feeling like your parents are too needy and they're calling, all you got to do is just lecture them, and they will stop calling you because now when I phone my mom. <laughs> She cannot, because I'm like, are you putting your foot up? Have you been icing? Are you doing the, well, I can only do so many exercises. Well, no, mom, you're supposed to be doing, well, it's just, I got to go. I got to go. And I was like, oh, I get this. You're sick of of lectures from your daughter telling you to put your leg up, take care of that hip. What's going on? How's your diet? Have you been eating? She's like, I got to go. By the way, you need to get your hair cut. That's how she ended our conversation yesterday. You've got too much hair. I was like, all right. I forgive you. I love you. We're getting off the phone now. So, <laughs> the end of the day, everyone. You, that is you brilliant. Get, it's time. That's, that yeah. is a great life hack. Yeah. I love that. It's true. Actually. Lecture I them. Think it's Just, very true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they'll get annoyed um, and sick of it. It's like they're the thirteen-year-old. You're the adult telling them no, they can't do <laughs> yeah, things, yeah. and they're like, "I'm not listening to you." Yeah. But if you are in your twenties and listening to this, uh, I, that, I think that's a those that's a treat for later on, perhaps slightly in life, slightly in life. Um, my advice to uh, anyone in their twenties, and I've realised I've done this quite a lot lately, because I think I read a while ago about this like, twenty-three things to do to survive being twenty-three, and I was about to kick off on social media, go, "Are you freaking kidding me?" Then I went, "Actually, yeah. pause. I I did my twenties terribly." I just didn't have a clue. And particularly around 25, I came out of drama school around that time. I didn't know what I was doing. This is when Bunny Galore was created. So that was turned into a weird lifeline that became uh, sort of the focus of my career. But uh, I didn't know that at the time. It was kind of just for funsies and an acting character, a character just created to kind of do like kind of fringe stuff with. But um, yeah, I maybe realise actually you just survive your 20s. Just get through your 20s. Because mm-hmm. people lie to you. They, you know, particularly now with social media, it's like you've got to have the perfect car, the perfect partner, the perfect job, the perfect flat. In your 20s, no, you don't. It's just you try yeah. to figure, have fun and figure things out. And yes, it's the, the, the most important thing is to decide what you want to do, I guess, which is quite hard to do, I think, for most yeah. people. So if you're in your 20s, just survive them. And in your 30s, you don't have any as much as much hang-ups that comes in your 40s no that's exactly yes yes 20s you're you're still making mistakes da 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 
30s is when you start to go, okay, I'm an adult. Choose your, and your 40s is when you go, is my life what I had hoped it would be? Because mm. this is what I'm working with now. So, mm. yeah, <laughs> I, and I love that. And I love that we have talked about families and parents because that leads in perfectly to the movie. Oh, you're you. the queen of this the segue. <laughs> it's so perfect. So, it is my week to bring in and check in a movie to our motel. Uh, our motel that is, is constantly having repairs on it. Very exciting. But we won't get into that. What I am delighted about is the movie that I am bringing this week. And when I first said it to you, you lit up. You were like, I love oh, that movie. Yeah. And the more and more I say mm. the title to a lot of people, people love this movie. And it is a little bit of a cult following. But I do think a lot of people missed it. So, I'm excited to bring it to you. The movie that I am checking in to the motel this week is your next now as far as a thrilling horror movie goes i think this is up there this is one of the fastest action-paced um just so many jumps go 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 from the moment we get the first scary moment it's non-stop from from that moment on so your next i'll give a brief synopsis and I've looked it up because sometimes I don't do the best job of describing. So the <laughs> Davidsons, an upper class family, are extremely wealthy and they are extremely wealthy, but also estranged. In an attempt to mend their broken family ties, uh, Aubrey and Paul Davidson decide to celebrate their wedding anniversary by inviting their four children and their children's significant others to the weekend estate. The celebration gets off to a rocky start, but when crossbow-wielding assailants in the animal masks suddenly attack, the Davidsons must pull together or die. I mean... I think I could think of a few uh, family dinners where I wish some crossbows would have come in to stop the fighting that was occurring. Um, but this, this is an amazing movie. So, yeah, like the story says, it starts off, the family gets together, they're wealthy, wealthy, wealthy. Uh, they come to this big house. You see people settling in. They get there to the dinner, and immediately, of course, everyone's being mean to each other. The brothers are, you know, taking digs at one another, you know, going back to those childhood things. Then one of the significant, so the daughter, her boyfriend, Tar Tarkin? Tarkey? I forget exactly. Tarkin? So, yes, I forget how to the, say it exactly. Yeah. Uh, Independent filmmaker, isn't he? Or independent yes, documentary yeah. filmmaker. Tarek. Tarek. There we go. Tarek. And he sees something out the window while everyone's arguing, arguing, arguing. And he's like, what is that? And he gets up. Doesn't really talk to anyone. <laughs> just gets up, goes, looks out the window. Everyone is still arguing, bickering about, I'm not fat anymore. Why do you keep calling? Boom. An arrow comes through the window, shoots him through the head, through the eye. We have our first kill. Best part is the family is so busy fighting they don't notice for a bit, yeah. which I loved. I love that yeah. there's this guy with an arrow through his head, and they're like, bah, 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 until finally they notice, <laughs> and then the movie kicks off. Then it's survival to get yeah. through this movie. Now, one of the significant others, she becomes the, the main heroine of this story. Erin is her name, uh, and she is... Uh, she basically, we find out she was born and raised in a survivalist camp, like her family was. <laughs> so she is like ready for battle. And these, you know, uh, perpetrators, <laughs> they had no idea. Even her boyfriend who brings her to this thing had no idea, which 
ca- it, it, it gets crazy later because we find out, you know. I, I mean, I almost feel bad. I don't want to do spoilers, but how do we talk about this movie without doing spoilers, right? It's hard to do without spoilers. I don't think we could talk... Maybe let's not talk about the uh, the last third of the movie. The twist. Uh, the twist. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. the twist at the end. But um, I think the setup is more than enough. Um, I I agree with all of that. Uh, I love when they're having the argument around the dinner table, there's a kind of a focused depth of field thing with the lens. So you're kind of focused in on close ups of the family and you can kind of see the uh, the guy that's been shot through the head blurred because it's, the, you know, it's out of focus. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> shaking slightly. You know, slowly they kind of, t- you know, there's, they cut to close ups and they go, what's wrong with the guy? And then then it, you, you, you see he's been shot through the head. Uh, and it's it starts with such... Um, they do do a pre, not a pre-title sequence, but it's a uh, the, the, one of the neighbors is murdered, and they've obviously put that in. Maybe they shot that later. I don't know, but they've put that in to sort of set up that people are going to get killed because, and that's where the title "Your yeah. Next" comes from. Um, one of the neighbors is killed by the the guys with the masks on, and 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 his uh, date for the evening. She's also killed. Uh, but if you hadn't had that in there, I kind of. I do like it because it's a great shocker opening. I also quite like the fact yeah. if you didn't have it in there, you'd be so surprised when that comes along. Uh, that suddenly it comes from nowhere. But the biggest surprise is our heroine because you she's the kind of our you know our way into the story. She's the outsider coming to meet the family the first time I think. So she, the fact that. There's quite a few movies that are similar to this since then, and I love them all. There's a new yeah. one I've just watched called The Invitation, I think. There's The Bride one. Oh, There's yes. Hide and Seek. Yep. So it's all like... Yep. Um, Hide and Seek, I really love. That's the one where the she's the bride, and then it's like, hunt the bride. Um, so there's quite a few. And the menu, actually, is... Well, I thought the menu was going to be like this, and it actually isn't. But I quite liked it still. But So it's kind of survivalist, uh, like The Purge, I guess. However, yes. the twist with the first twist with this, which is not a spoiler particularly, is that she can handle herself in a full on Buffy the Vampire say kind of way, not with supernatural powers, but she knows what she's doing. So it's but it's that thing of twisting the 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 old thing of the heroine being weak and feeble and in this she's kick ass and she takes control and she rocks it. And that's why I think oh. I love this movie. I really yeah, love this. Because film. it's 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 a and I, you're right. You're right. I never even thought of that. But it is a woman that takes hold of everything yeah. and is like, yeah. "You do this. Let's do this." Like she, from the moment get go, you can see obviously she is an expert in survival because she comes up with so many great ideas. Like even mm. having to run across the window, she starts handing chairs to everyone so they can block themselves and yes, run by that's the window. Yes, a great so trick, isn't it? The, like yeah, so smart. Uh, her mm. actual the actress's name um, is Sharni. Vincent, if I pronounce that correctly. Yeah, so she's Australian, isn't she? And I think yeah. she, I think she's a home and away girl, I think originally. Um, yeah, which is yeah, a, I believe so. a, a Australian soap opera. I think that's. I, I, what, what surprised me, I must have seen it around the time it came out, which is only about 10 years ago or so. Um, I can't remember why I watched it particularly, but I did. Uh, and it became. One of my favourites, and weirdly, one of the first things I wanted to hunt down during the first lockdown, or one of the lockdowns anyway, during the pandemic, was this film. So my friend Paul, um, who's also uh, my cameraman a lot of the times, and he he edits a lot of things that I do, uh, he lent it to me, and I was like, oh, that's great, thank you, because I I, I just had this taste to kind of, 
see it again because it was i think for a while it was a bit hard to get over here now uh it's it's yeah. on uh amazon prime now but it wasn't then three years ago um gosh three years ago oh my gosh hopefully when you listen to this no. <laughs> it'll be 10 years ago we'll never have to talk about it again but uh it was i really wanted to see it again so it became a bit like desperate housewives i rewatched as well for the first time since watching it originally airing and so those two things i know they're a bit of a strange uh <laughs> most domestic settings i know but uh became my two lockdown little things to rediscover and i'm so glad i, I got the chance to rewatch it again for this how did you discover oh. Alison? Honestly, it was one of those ones that like, um, so like you said, there was that genre of kind of film, like, you know, uh, people breaking into, fa- so The Strangers, I believe was another one. And I saw The Strangers yes, yes, and I was like, yes, oh, it's yes. okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, and it was good, but this one. So I had just kind of seen it. You're next, you're next. I had heard a couple of reviews. So I thought, oh, oh let's give it a go. I didn't really know exactly what it was going to be about, what I was getting into. And I honestly kind of liked that I didn't know that much going into no, it. No, I think it's better to, It was just to, kind yeah, of a lucky find. Into, yeah. 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 Because I think it, it was, I think it is in a it was way it's phenomenal. Yeah. 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 Totally. It makes it so much more exciting. And exciting things about this movie. So as I looked into it, first off, that house. So when you see the house that they are staying in, I mean it is a stunning, mm. big, gorgeous mansion. It had been abandoned for twelve years before they filmed in it. So oh, it was this big mansion that. that hadn't been yeah, touched for twelve years. So before they had to film, they had to do a lot of work on it and fix it up. But yeah, twelve years abandoned. And then this movie, uh, it premiered. Okay, so it premiered. First off, it was like a lot of people had no interest in it. Okay, um, Lionsgate. So it premiered uh, at the Toronto. I say this because I am a Canadian, so I get pro- <laughs> I get very excited whenever I know we found something good. It was premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival and was followed by a bidding war war over the domestic rights and distribution uh, by a bunch of studios. Lionsgate placed the winning big bid at six million, so they won it at six million. So it went to Toronto Film Festival. They were like, "We want it." And, they bid six million, and, and then it, they isn't sat it on made? It. For very, it's a very small budget, isn't it? It's like, isn't it one so million? Small. Yeah, like, which is because a lot of the shots are handheld cameras. Yeah, uh, it was a lot of handheld. Doesn't look it, does it? They and wanted... I, I, no, no, doesn't look I, did, like I had at no all. idea. No, yeah. you, you, until I literally. Said. Until I just I had a little look at myself, I, I was shocked that it was one million. I know it's two thousand eleven, so it's a little while ago. I think. I, don't, I guess so. Was it released straight away? You saying it was it was delayed in its. Um, then they sat in on its it. Release. So oh. they bought it. So they bought it, and then Lionsgate just didn't know what to do with it, and just sat on it for two years. They just kept it. So they bought it. They just kept it, um, and then they put it out, and then it got you know tons of you know uh, recognition. So handheld cameras, which a lot of it also, Mm. a lot of the dialogue was not scripted. Uh, Oh, a lot of the dinner conversations, yeah, were improvised by the actors. Uh, Some of it was based on real conversations that the filmmakers had had with their own families. So bringing in their own family (laughs) stuff and doing it. So it was, and it's a type of. This is a genre of horror movie called. Found this out. Mumblecore. Mumblecore is a subgenre of independent film characterized by naturalistic acting and dialogue, sometimes improvised. Low-budget film production and emphasis on dialogue over plot and focus on the personal relationships of young adults. That is often what Mumblecore is. 
quite often the directors and other people involved with the production will be in the film as well. So it's a bit more of like grassroots improvised mm-hmm. in the moment. So that is mumblecore. That is that is a, a genre. My so mind is I blown. I have yeah. never heard of that before. I mean, I Me think neither. I'm aware of the that type of... Yeah, and I can think of quite a few films like this, but... Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't realize it had a name. That's amazing. Mumblecore. Mumblecore. Is that right? And I think there's a certain group of directors at this point that are kind of a part of the Mumblecore kind of movement. Um, You could do more research on it. I'm sure as we go on, we'll find more Mumblecore movies, but I was just very excited to learn that. Yeah. Um, I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I really... I absolutely loved it. Um, I'm trying to see what else here. Uh, I think that was... Oh, the masks. I found out the masks Mm -hmm. that the uh, intruders wear uh, are inspired from a video game, Hotline Miami. So if you know the game Hotline Miami, that is where the masks were inspired from. Oh, okay. I was getting Wicker Man... um the masks they wear on the May Day section of the second half of the film. Like the, there's a scene where all the kids come across up above a stone wall and they've got those, the rabbit and the fox and whatever masks on. So I was getting that. Uh, but it's very easy to <laughs> drag any analogy back to Wicker Man because it's a bit like Wizard of Oz. It's one of those movies you can see a lot of yep. reflections and lots of other things. My biggest thing, weirdly, yeah. was I first saw it, I didn't realise the mother... Uh, the family is a matriarchal mother who's a very glamorous lady is Barbara oh, Crampton who, uh, who from Reanimator um, and it's only because I've worked I've done a convention with her since that I suddenly uh, when I rewatched it back in the pandemic I went, oh my god that's Barbara I didn't even know it's um, you know I, I've been lucky enough to do these conventions with people and I've, I, I hadn't there's quite a few that I, I hadn't realised had been in other films. You know, you know them for the most famous movies, but uh, I t- did not realise that was her. Um, so oh, that was, wow. you know, I think she, she's so did elegant. Did you meet and so her? Like, fun. did you actually get mm, to work yeah, with her? Yeah, she was lovely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did interview I'm so her. Because uh, it had the two leads from Reanimator that year uh, at Horicon. But um, now we all went out to dinner. There's this amazing photograph of all of us. It's, uh, D- oh gosh, uh, ah, is it D. Williams as well from E.T. and The Howling. And and I'm going to embarrass myself for not pronouncing her name right, but I will try and look it up very quickly now. Um, and who else was there from that year? Um, it was... Uh, D Wallace, I'm so sorry, D. Sorry, uh, D Wallace, D Wallace, D. Uh, completely the wrong name in my head. Then D Wallace, who is in so many things, but my favourite is is her in the the Howling. Uh, she's in Cujo as well. Uh, yeah, in E.T. she plays. God, the, I love Cujo. Uh, the the Marmon in E.T. Um, there was quite a lot of people there that year actually, but this is a great. There's a great group photograph of 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 us all, uh, which I will post or and I'll send to you, Alison. But yeah, so I it's, I'm lucky I get to see all these people. But I had no idea Barbara was in this <laughs> until I watched it That's... again this time. I was, like, I was like, oh my god, it's Barbara. There we go. But so apart from that, quite, quite a history of meeting a lot of the people <laughs> that are in the movies we talk about from all the horror cons I, you've done over the years. Yeah, I think for various yeah sci-fi conventions and horror conventions. I think because. Um, one, it's got bigger, I think, in the UK here lately. And, and by the way, I do not put myself on the same level. But I remember the first time I did a convention, I was ne- they put my photograph next to Fenella Fielding from Carry On Screaming. And I think I internally oh. combusted because <laughs> I was like, and uh, she's passed away now. But she was, she was, that was 
such a thrill to meet her. She was, I was, you know, it was one of my first ones I did about 2013, I think. And um, she was everything, you know, most of them are always everything you want them to be. She was hilarious because she was, uh, you know, if you know the the, the joke of um, being in the coach of Kenny Williams, she she literally did that to me. I had a photograph with her um, in, uh, I can't think where we were, we were backstage. And she would come closer and I, in that voice. And I was just like, yes, <laughs> yes, Miss Fielding. Um, uh, so... Yeah, as uh, you know, I'm a fan of all this as well. But I'm, I, you know, I, I know I kind of am you know, in the industry myself. But you know, I'm still a fan of all these people, and you know, I love their work. Uh, it, I have to keep it reined in <laughs> that I, you know, not to be a fangirl too much about it. But um, I try to be professional. <laughs> Just it helps oh. when you're dressed as Bunny Galore. Obviously, it's a great icebreaker. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know. But I, you know, I'm very, you know, I will be very honest and go. Like, I loved your work. I love you in this. And Barbara was amazing. And I think um, it's a. It, you know, she 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 does. She's still very much in the industry. She still makes a lot of things. She still makes a lot of horror films. And this is a great uh, a, a great little uh, role for her because it's kind of something you don't normally see her do. I don't think. I never think of her as being a mom. I don't think particularly. Sure. Yeah. So she's but like but it's a said, really good a cast. Very... She was a very glamorized mom in this one. And actually, mm. speaking of her, the, the one the one moment in the movie that drives me crazy, uh, and this is my this is my in general with horror movies. If we haven't learned this, if, why do groups <laughs> separate when there yes. is mayhem? When there is madness? Yes. Now, I don't want to give away too much, but I will give away this. Mom does die. They mm. mom is having a bad time, so they put mom in a bedroom upstairs and say, "Well, you rest." Why are you putting her in another that, yeah. room when you know there's invaders coming into the house? And one of the scariest scenes to me is when we see one of the intruders, the hand uh, coming out from under the bed that mom is laying on, that yeah. hand coming out and you're like, oh my, and that's Ugh. when uh, now we realize they're in the house. In so the house, yeah. I just want to say, never separate from your group. If you are in a, no. a, a, a axe-wielding murderer chase, you stay with your group. <laughs> You stay with your group. Do not separate. When are we going to learn th- this? It drives me crazy. <laughs> I think in that case, I think it might be one of two things. I think one, it's probably they only had Barbara for a week. <laughs> <laughs> that was a financial I, thing. That was a financial I, thing, yeah. I'd yeah. hazard a guess. Uh, she was only, you know, <laughs> only could afford her for a week. Uh, or two, it's that thing which they don't often do. And is it Deep Blue Sea that does it really well? Um by killing the star name off very quickly. Oh, and yeah. Scream with Drew Barrymore as well. Absolutely, um, yeah. Uh, uh, so I think that might have been a bit of a, oh my gosh, you know, you don't expect her to go. How many How many days do we have to keep her? Okay, no, we can only afford her for three. Let's, uh, <laughs> yeah, fine, yeah. we're writing okay. in another death scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure what decision that, that, that took, but it's probably, and I guess this is the only thing with indie movies as well. And I, I don't think this portray, uh, betrays this at all but with indie movies a lot of it is uh you will see they don't have money for the edit or the grading or publicity and sometimes it's very sporadic the shooting schedule so i think perhaps that happened here a little bit that perhaps it's shot you know kind of uh, you know that's why everybody's separated because that meant they could shoot with them uh individually Ah. um i would guess i don't think it shows you you once it go you know once it starts you're on the ride you don't notice but i you know i i, I work with a lot of indie uh, filmmakers and i uh, and i've seen a lot of 
terrible and good indie movies. A lot of it is to do if because you, you don't have the money to keep the people there all the time. You're kind yeah. of you're doing it over weekends, like Night of the Living Dead, or even a, wasn't a Razorhead made over like year, decades, and it's like um, it's uh, so that's what you can see sometimes tonally, unless you've got a very good director like this one. I think it's a very good director. Uh, it can really screw you over because it will suddenly look yeah. very. Uh, you know, sort of clunky and Morse codish. I don't think this is a problem with this film, but I can, I would imagine if it's shot for a million, that's probably what they had to do. That's but it made really a, a lot good... more money. Oh, it, yeah, it did really well. Like it became again a cult classic. It was now, I don't think it got the um, accolades that it should have, to be honest with you. Like, I, I really think it, no. it's interesting what horror movies mainstream people go for and what they don't. This to me was better than. A lot of other movies within this genre like this one just yeah. I, I thought the acting acting was excellent I, now that I know so it was all handheld but I'm gonna look I want to watch it again now and look for like you said like how many people are in each scene mm. and you could really then see oh they probably had these I two think... actors for the weekend they had these two for the weekend because that's an interesting yeah because some people do yeah. disappear for quite a lot of the film and you go like and then come back later yeah. on and you're like oh, oh okay I think you probably weren't available for a certain amount of time yeah. Uh, but I think that doesn't matter. I don't think tonally that matters at all. I know what you mean, though. I, I was really annoyed that it, it isn't as well known uh, as I would like it to be. Although it is like, I, I thought it was one of those films I just liked. Um, but things like like Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which you've talked about before, I just like. But then the, the rest of the universe seems really caught on with that film lately. This one is still a bit of a hidden gem. There's yeah. a, actually, there's another one which I'll talk about very briefly now, but because we, I don't think we could review it without, it'd be very hard to do it without spoilers. But there's one around the same sort of time. I thought it was with another Australian actress in the lead, but again, quite a strong female lead. It's one of the few movies that scares the living daylights out of me. Mm. <laughs> um, it's called The Pact. The title actually doesn't really relate that well to the movie. Um, the, I'll, I just watched a bit of the trailer just to just it's, it's like uh, same sort of you know uh, late 20s mom she's video calling uh, on her laptop her little girl and the little girl goes hello mummy who's that behind you <gasps> and she turns around and uh, that's just the beginning of the trailer and I just went oh, I've forgotten how freaking terrifying that is but it, and it really scared me um, but it's kind of it's kind of paranormal, but it's kind of not, and it's oh, but you can't talk. You, we couldn't review it without spoiling it, so that's very it's very hard to do. But I do suggest people go and watch the Pact. I think it's about I'm going to watch it. I'm not 2011 or 12. Very similar time to Woo! this, but again, your next and the Pact. I think kind of perhaps got a bit lost before we had streaming. I think it got a little bit lost in the mix somewhere. So yeah. if it gone straight onto streaming, I think it would be a lot bigger than it probably is now with those two movies. I do suggest seeing the pact, but it's very hard to review that without spoiling things. So, uh, but if you want to be scared out of your wits, if it scares Bunny Galore, you know it's a good movie. Oh um, my god, I can't wait to watch it! I can't yeah. wait to watch it. But your next is a great movie in the distance, and it scared me too. But in a uh, because it's much more gung ho, and she's more in control of the situation. You're kind of rooting for her so much to yeah. fight back against the <laughs> the uh, assailants. Yeah. So yeah. if you like The Purge, and if you like those sort of movies, I definitely suggest Ooh. your next. 
Definitely. De- I mean, we. I cannot. Uh, when you lit up when I said the title, and it made me so happy. And other mm. horror fans, whenever I say it, they're like, "That's such a good movie." So. I know we both highly endorse it. We highly recommend it. I think one of the biggest lessons we learned from this, because I'm going to start talking about lessons, because I think horror movies teach us things. That's the point of them. Moralistic lessons. So we were talking about family, the importance of forgiving parents, forgiving. So I think a big theme in this one is like, forgive, let go. The less family tensions that exist, you know, because the twist, (laughs) I mean, that's, we won't talk about it, but you'll see. So forgive your family and also it sounds a little harsh, but sometimes you got to remember the one person you can rely on the most is yourself. Because yes, Aaron yes, proves that, yes, right? Yes. The person you rely on the most yes. is yourself. Mm. Because we see her strength. We see her, th- you know, pulling mm-hmm. through. And so the whole time I watched it, I was like, yep, yeah, it's about believing yourself and knowing that, you know, y- you can deal with whatever is thrown at you as Aaron really demonstrate so family forgiveness and you know rely on yourself more than anyone else uh are are two things that i i think that movie teaches us oh, oh, but oh. what also, i want to know also yeah. escape routes know you know your escape routes at a family dinner yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was going to say bring weapons but i can't endorse that but like know your escape routes <laughs> know your escape routes i love that anytime you're getting together with a family suss out what are your you can go to the bathroom you can go to the basement how are you getting out what are the systems that is excellent no your escape routes okay but what i want to know now is we've talked a bit about the movie we've learned some things we brought bunny my love where Mm. in the hotel would you check your next into well i think it this definitely to me speaks to the dining room because of that iconic scene at the beginning of this film where it's all sitting around the dinner. Uh, is, is it for Thanksgiving? I can't remember now. Oh, it's just a family get-together, isn't it? Um, yeah, they were but, just so celebrating think, their anniversary. Yeah, yeah. Right, anniversary. But it's a very, that kind of a, a, a American uh, big family get-together, which I associate particularly more than Christmas with Thanksgiving. So I would say I would put it in our dining room. Now, obviously, we, our dining room is for mica and uh, plastic chairs. Yeah. And you know yeah. it's you know and tissue paper, uh, <laughs> tablecloths and napkins. But and the hamburgers have been there since you know 1984. But I think definitely it goes into the dining room because it speaks to me as family togetherness, dinner, and mass murder, <laughs> <laughs> which sums up our dining room in the horror motel really well. Uh, that's <laughs> excellent. Uh, no, I'm 100% with dining room. I think that's absolutely wonderful. I love that we put it there. See, because, you know, I would be like, well, family room. But no, you're right. Because it's really about, you know, them getting together. And where do families get together? In the dining room. It's usually a meal. So I think yeah. that is the perfect place to put them. <laughs> like you said, our dining room certainly not the same caliber not of Not quite fanciness. the same caliber as Barbara Crampton's. No. Um, no. Uh, you I'm could sure probably Barbara's... kick a hole through our wall in the dining room if you're exactly. uh, Look, we're working on exactly. things. We're working on things here at the hotel uh but yes i absolutely agree i think that's the first movie checked into the dining room as well yes. so how lovely fantastic Aww. well my darlings it's my choice next week and i'm super excited because i wanted to bring one of my favorite all-time movies one of those gestalt movies of the 1980s i think it changed vampire movies well and right up till now because it made vampires cool can you guess at all Alison what movie I'm talking about 
Hmm, well, let me see. <laughs> Perhaps the movie that made me want to be a vampire just so I could hang out with hot male vampires. I'm going to get... Me too! <laughs> the Lost Boys! Yay! The Lost Boys! Oh, it's going to be glorious. Uh, we have our we have our long hair and our leather jackets on next week. So come and join us at the Horror Motel for the one, the only, The Lost Boys. <laughs>